This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Okay, welcome everyone, and thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste your host and publisher of Successful Black Parenting Magazine. I want you to tell all of your friends and followers about the show. So go to our Facebook page for Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers right now and let people know you are joining us. Even better, you can click the options and start a watch party because we love it when you do that. In addition, you can comment on Facebook and I will post the best comments live on air and know that it can take a while for your question to populate in the backstage area. So ask any questions early. Do not wait. Our hashtag for the show is hashtag backtalk. Now, today we have on the show the hilarious Tommy Davidson from the hit show In Living Color, and he also plays the dad on the cartoon The Proud Family. He has a new book out titled Living in Color, What's Funny About Me? Yeah, thank you. We actually, I'm going to put it up for you, but hey, Tommy, how are you doing? I love the book. I love to cover everything about it. Love it. I mean, thank you. The, I like I like the intro. The hilarious Tommy Davis. You are hilarious. You know you're hilarious. <laughs> no no doubt in that. All right. Well, you know you're you're pretty awesome. We all love watching you. You are like the dad. You know, did you, the perfect part for you was the uh, proud family uh, playing that role as the dad is awesome. We're going to talk about that. But in your book, you discuss being raised in an interracial household. Your adopted mom found you nearly dead in a garbage can. And you guys know what? He was also raised alongside to adopt his adoptive white siblings, but in the 60s in Mississippi. Is that correct? Uh huh. In the 60s was where I was found. And then I was raised in um, Fort Collins, Colorado, and Washington, D.C. There we go. There's the book. Um, now, from day one, then you were considered really an underdog. And yet you made it, you know, your birth mother left you there as an infant, but you overcame. What do you know about that moment? I know what I was told, you know, and I was told Mm -hmm. I was told the truth. It took a while for the truth to come out. Um, But there's two mothers involved. There's a mother that gave me birth and the one that gave me up. And then the one that picked me up and gave me the life I have. And both of them are are just as important. Um, If it wasn't for my mother who gave me birth going through the trials that she was going through, mm. I wouldn't have been handed, you know, through divine, uh, through divine energies to the mom that raised me. So it all counts, you know, so the, the account of it is, 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 is accurate. You know, I was left in a, in a pile of trash. People used to keep in the trash can, but I guess it doesn't matter. And randomly my mother that raised me got a feeling while she was walking by that I needed to push this tire up and look what was under it. And she saw my foot and uncovered the trash and then found it under there. So, so it was, it was random, but now that I look at the whole picture, it was the order of my life. And the reason why I'm here talking, thus the title is living in color. See? So I had no idea I'd end up on in living color. I had no idea that I'd have a book to write, um, nor did I know that I had the book written through my life as opposed to, hey, I got an idea for a book. No, all I had to do 
which we count the life I have up to talking to you right now. So. Great. That's, that's amazing. I was going to ask you about the title later on, but that's, I'm glad you brought that up. So, but what do you attribute to your success? You know, you of course didn't know this information as a young mm -hmm. child, but what do you attribute to your success, to, to your success now? Everybody that surrounded me through my growth, you know, my grandfather, my mother, my grandfather, my, my grandmother, my uncle, my cousins, my family, and then the family that I um that I acquired along the way, you know, and and I I credit everybody for shaping me because it was left up to me. I'd probably be in jail somewhere, or, or not here at all, you know. So it was the guidance right. and, and the love and the, and the and the support that I had from everyone up to now, and and it, it continues, you know. So let me ask you, do you think you might have a different perspective on race than most black people who were, were raised in an all black family? Without a doubt, it would be a different perspective if for people who are raised in an all black family and all white family mostly, you know, and mm -hmm. that perspective uh, plays through my life. So I had no other choice but to have this perspective because it's the life that I led. So my family is white, all white, but as you can see, I'm all black except for my hands and my bottom of my feet, you know? Um, and I'm really brown in color, but that's what white people call people who are brown. And then they're really like a more, uh, sort of like a peach or whatever that color would be. And it's black people that call them white. And I found that out when I was five. Because I didn't know that, that 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 I was black, you know, I learned I was brown from the crayons. So it wasn't until black kids in Washington D.C. beat us up every day, and we're calling me white cracker lover and my brother and my sister white crackers, and I was not understanding why they hated us. So I went home and said, "Why are these people saying that I like?" that I'm a white cracker lover because I like graham crackers. See, <laughs> but that was stupid. I don't like white crackers, they're dry, you gotta have water with them. You know, graham crackers, <laughs> yeah. you know, you ain't got no potatoes with them, you know what I mean? So, so, you know, graham crackers is my thing and that's when she explained that people your color call people our color. Black, I mean white. And I was confused about that. So I moved to the suburbs of Maryland and that's the first time I heard the word nigger and was chased by grown men every day and harassed by, you know, everybody around and the word nigger. So I went to my mom and I said, who are these niggers? We have to stay away from them. Is it some really bad people? And she said, well, that's what people, our color call people, your color. So now my heart's broken because I'm getting it from both sides. You know, I finally moved to an integrated neighborhood where I found out that I was black because when the white guys came at me then, the black guys came behind me and the white guys ran the other way. So I said, oh, I guess I'm with this team. And I, mm -hmm. over my life, I found out what that team was. It's at that point where I thought all of this is stupid. It's breaking mm -hmm. my mind. But why is it like this? And so mm -hmm. since I was six years old, I've been discovering why people are like that. And, I, 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 and, and from studying, I got solid answers. All right. Well, your adoptive mother was very supportive about Black Pride. And I think that was amazing for you um, 
I heard the story about you putting your your power fist up for uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I was also, I put up a photo. <laughs> right, right. I put a photo up of his family there so you guys can see. And this, I mean, just being in the 60s in Mississippi, I think uh, that's amazing. Um, and I'm surprised you didn't go through even more than what you did. I but did. She, how, oh, you did. <laughs> so she, oh, yeah. uh, but yeah, she, was, she was supportive, really. So what kind of things did she um, tell you besides that you're different that help you with um, your pride and in, in knowing about your, cult, your culture? Well, she, I mean, first of all, I was exposed to my culture pretty much right away. You know, when, mm -hmm. when we moved to Denver for a small stint. And um, so we were around a lot of black people and Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud was, was, was out as a song. And she, she, she said, you, you come from a very prideful and a very important people on this planet, you know? And she said, you are who you are. And we love you for what you are, for who you are. You know, and she she's the one that exposed me to, you know, Angela Davis and the Black Panthers. I mean, on and on and on, you know. So that that wow. that sense of that came from her. You know, because my mother was the type of person that believed in equal rights across the board. So she taught me that. Not only am I black, but I'm also part of the human race, you know. And I belong here with everybody else and everybody has a right to, to live, you know, happily. Right, right. So you were trying to make sense of all of this at such a young age. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that you met your biological mother as an adult. Uh -huh. And I, I saw that story. I'd love to know more about it because um, it has something to do with Jada Pickett-Smith. Yeah, you're talking about how it came about, how I met her. Yeah, how yeah. it came about, and then what happened at the meeting? Please tell us. Well, what, what, what happened was, you know, I got a call on the set. Mm -hmm. My mom saying, I found your real mother because she worked for housing and urban development in DC. So she's always going over these lists of names for housing stuff. So she saw her name because she knew her previously, you know, because they had worked together in the civil rights okay. movement way back. And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know, let me think about it. She said, okay, well, just think about it. So I went back on the set. When I got to the set, Jada said, something's wrong with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, something's wrong with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? Let's get to work. She was like, uh-uh, something was wrong. I can feel something wrong with you. And I said, well, I just talked to my mother and she found my real mother. But, you know, I'm going to deal with it later. She said, all of a sudden, she went, that's a wrap for the day in front of the whole crew and everybody. And she turned to me and she said, go take care of that today, right now. So I did talk to my mother for the first time on the phone. Sort of a weird conversation because I don't know her. You know, it wasn't until I met her probably about under a year later. I met the whole family near Christmas in Milwaukee where I had a show. Wow. They all came oh. Yeah, they all came down. And I got to meet them all. And it was a pretty big family. Met them in the airport. You know, it was with my um, my youngest son, Isaiah. So they got to meet him. And it was a pretty cool reunion. And it wasn't until Easter, when I went to go see the whole family, that that, that started becoming problematic. 
because as we were doing the prayer, we started carrying on about how I was a hard baby to take care of and how, how I had, you know, welts on my skin and I cried a lot. She made it look like my fault. My mom stole her from me and all this stuff. So, you know, I was, I was angry, but with a resolve, you know, so I said, well, the most important thing is, you know, we're here to celebrate the life of Jesus and we're here as a family. And that was a long time ago. And my mother and Tommy Jean, who I'm named after her, um, Tommy. And I, I said, that was a long time ago and the world was a lot different then. So I'm not really going to get into who stole who and who did what. Mm-hmm. I got out of there really fast. And it wasn't until we, we did some really deep therapy, me and her, where I really discovered what really happened. And so she was strung out on drugs. She already had mm-hmm. four kids. And she got scared. And she had a nervous breakdown in front of me and the therapist. And, you know, she was throwing up and all kind of stuff. She was just, it was just really bad to watch. You know, it was scary. And she was saying sorry, you know, about that. And um, I was able to forgive her. And that was the most important part of that whole process. I was able to forgive her because I understood what had happened. Although my brother told me she had abandoned everybody at one, at, at, at one time and then came back and got the four and left me. So on that Christmas, he was really happy because he said, I got my little brother back. Because my oldest sister and him remembered me because they were nine and seven when I was left. Right. And he said, we always wondered where you went and to have you back in my life is really wonderful. Then he leaned into me and said, I want you to know something. I'm your big brother. You hear me? And I knew what he was saying. I said, yeah, you got it. And do you got to resemble each other? Like only a black man could do, you know? (laughs) All right, let's get it straight. Now, do you guys resemble each other at all? I look a lot like my sister Lisa. Yeah. You know, and and um, a few others, just a few others, but you know, I, I look different. You know, okay. I look a lot okay. than except for Lisa looks a lot like me. You know. Okay. And so, um, so you, go ahead. You well, can't. Environment doesn't play a part. I was raised in New York City and and, and, and Silver Spring, Maryland, Washington, D.C., you know. And so I have a whole nother nother energy about me. They basically grew up in Mississippi, Milwaukee. So there's a whole different thing happening, you know. And I've been really, really fortunate. I know that I've been fortunate because of my circumstances and where I went in life. And it had nothing to do with me. You know, that's the the saddest part of poverty is that it's a situation Mm -hmm. It's not who you are, you know? And I, I realize how lucky I, I am, you know, because they didn't have those opportunities and it reflects in some of the dynamics in the family. But then again, that's not my family. Mm-hmm. My family blood-wise, you know, and blood is thicker than, than mud, you know, but love is thicker than both. Right, and that's right. What from the family that raised me. Well, I think that's fantastic. I think your adoptive family did a wonderful job and um, all around. And someone actually said your mom is the real MVP. So <laughs> she oh, did yeah. a great job. 
There ain't no lie about that. Yeah. I'm actually more like her now than I ever been. Okay. Well, you are a dad now. You have two children, correct? I have. I have actually four children. Four children. I have six total, <laughs> if, you, if you include my two stepchildren. So okay, okay, six children. They're all included. My, you know, my mother never went around going, "This is my daughter and my son, and here's my adopted son." No, right, right. You know, absolutely. Obvious. She never did that. You can't she do that. Said, These are my children. So all of right. them are my children, regardless That's of what right. says. There's no steps to me. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so what's their age ranges? Uh, 32, 31, 28, 23, wow. 13, and 10. That's a wide That's range. <laughs> That's six. They're all different. They're all beautiful. Okay. You know, they, 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 they all have what my mom had, you know. And uh, I've been with my, my my youngest son since he was two. I asked him, do you remember me meeting me? He said, no. So I've always been there. Right, right. Yeah. Now, are are you the funny dad and mom's the disciplinarian yeah. or? Right. I am the funny dad, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of kooky, you know, in a way. Because <laughs> although I'm a funny dad, I'm dad, like really dad, like no nonsense, like okay, certain, right. there's certain ways that you, you know, that you roll out here in this world in certain ways that I feel and my family feels you should be as a person, you know, responsible for your own actions, you know, um, um, self-sustaining through your own contributions, you know, uh, positive part of society, helping others, you know, not judging the whole package. And so they're like that. They're all different and they like that. But, you know, we, you know, we, we, we clash, we clash all the time, you know, but that's what parenting is all about. You know, me and my mother, me and my mother that raised me clashed hard. She took a lot off of me. I was a very, um, I was a very uh, angry kid, you know, and and I, I was I was oftentimes really violent because of the environment and because I've been fighting physically people since I was five. So, you know, then coming up in the neighborhood that I came in, you know, I had to really be double, double, triple tough because I didn't have big brothers. So most of the people that grew up in my neighborhood had, you know, three, four brothers, five brothers. I, my brother was never around, you know, mm-hmm. white and gay in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in the hood. You know what I mean? So it's like, I had to fight all those battles myself, but he's my best of friend. We, 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 he, he passed away, but we were tight as tight. Mm-hmm. My big brother. Mm-hmm. You know, so the range of all of those experiences has given me a pretty solid resolve on my perception of what life is about. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you, how is it for your children with having a famous father? I don't, you know, they, they're, they're not, they know me as dad first. Okay. As dad first. And since they grew up in it, it's not a big deal to them. Okay. Seen it, you know, I, I think it, it's more important that for them, it's more important that I, 
I um, take a look at them as individuals as mm-hmm. opposed to them looking at me. It's, it's important right. to them that I, I care about what they're doing as opposed to them caring about what I'm doing. You know, because that's natural anyway. You know, being being an entertainer and being on in now where I am in the entertainment world is something that anybody's gonna look at as a lead. But it's not the person I am. So the benefits, the positive benefits out of that are having, you know, our perceived destination, seeing that you can go through something over and over again in life and yet still be successful on both ends, personally and professionally. And that's the full picture. Now, let me ask you, are any of your children, <laughs> are any of your children funny naturally? Just like all of them. hereditary? All, all of them. them. <laughs> all of them are funny in their own way, man. All of them are hilarious okay. in their own way. Okay. Would own. you let them get into the entertainment industry or is that off limits? Voice. There is one, my, my daughter, Jillian, she's a really good singer and a really good dancer, too. And so she, okay. she rattles on it, you know. And then my oldest daughter, Jessica, She's very talented in the technical area. She's a director and and just she's just sharp. She's just on her stuff. She knows her stuff. You know, and the rest of them okay. are, are into what they're into. So you, do you do dad jokes? You know, those corny ones? Do you ever do that? I, I mean, I got <laughs> either, either jokes like, you know, knock, knock, who's there? Don, Don who? Donkey! You know, so it's like you know, we're laughing at that. They kids, you know what I mean? And then they grew up, All right. grew up on my stand-up. Uh-huh. So they know all my jokes, you know, verbatim. The oldest ones know all my jokes verbatim. That's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, you know, we're successful black parenting. So mm-hmm. as a father, what are you doing to make sure that your children are successful in life? To make sure that they're responsible for themselves. Okay. You know, to make sure that they know how to clean up. They know how to clean. They know how to take care of themselves. The basics. Okay. You, know, you know how to make a bed. You know how to clean the toilet. You know how to wash dishes, you know, eventually the cooking comes along, you know, and all that stuff that I was taught as basics, you know, and then from there, you know, setting a goal and meeting it, you know, in academics, I'm not that, that, that good, but I got to say all the, all the mothers are, are committed to academics. Like I feel sorry for my 10 year old when he gets in high school, you know, because his mom is, you know, she comes from an academic background. So they could never get from me what they're going to get from her. You know, and what I've missed in my life was an, was an academic branch. Because if I had had that type of discipline to do homework and to, you know, this would be a whole different story. Although I became what I became, I can see that as an asset. There's no way that I could I could do what 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 they what she does with the kids. She even does it with my daughter. So it's 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 one of those things that you know where where you know naturally you get what you don't always get what you want, but naturally you will always get what you need. Right, right. You know. So let's talk. To, more, oh, go ahead. Academically, my children were, are all smarter than me. <laughs> well, yeah, that I, I can say the same yeah. about my kids. But that's all. All right. 
Let, let's talk about In Living Color a bit, because so many people are um, big fans of that show. And you worked with a talented family, the Wayans. Um, and, you know, I would love to get their mom on here one day just to find out how she did it. But how was it working with them on the set? She just passed away. Oh, no, I did not. I did yeah. not realize yeah. that. Yeah. So Brooke, Brooke that. And everybody who's associated with them because they're such a tight knit family. They love each other so much. Mm -hmm. I was very. Um, I was very heartbroken by that. Yeah, um, I did not know that. Feel for them because my mother passed away too. So, oh, so sorry. You know, I, I felt that. But go ahead with the question. I'm sorry. No, no, just, just. Um, I was asking, how was it working with them on the set of In Living Color? The they are the best. They're a family. They're so funny. All of them are so funny. You know what I mean? I mean, we 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 would clash at times because they're a group. They're mm -hmm. going through, you know what I mean? So they're about their family, but there's nothing wrong with that. You see what I'm saying? But they're like, um, I'm here, um, I'm here, I'm here. But they never excluded me. They never excluded me, never. I mean, I'm a part of the In Living Color family. That's a whole family within a family. You know, Absolutely. the only thing that Kenny required was that you be the best you can. And he would only put the best you got. See, that was the rule. If it ain't funny, I ain't using it. And that goes across the board, even his family. If it ain't funny, we ain't using it, period. And we all had to adhere to that. You know, so I'm just lucky to have them have them in my life. You know, Kim and Sean are, 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 are like, they're, to me, they're like my brother and sister too. And they have other siblings that I, that I have relationships with. You know, Dwayne, the oldest one was like, he was my favorite. He was my favorite. Oh man, he was crazy like the like the like the guys I grew up with in DP. You know, mm -hmm. and there's Nadia, who's great. They're all different. Elvira, I mean, they're all different, man. You know, I think there's more that aren't in the business than are. Mm -hmm. And then there's yeah, little cousins, the little nephews. You know, they're different too. You know, Damon's kids and my kids are like the same age. So it, it's a, it's a whole it's a it's a whole movement. <laughs> whole movement, and their dad is unbelievable, an unbelievable man, an unbelievable man. To raise that many kids with that much love is just like you talking about a black father. Come on, he his picture is in the dictionary, probably. Probably, probably. <laughs> what is one of your favorite memories from the show? Can you pick Super one, Bowl. just one? The Super Bowl. The Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, because we did the Super Bowl halftime, which was mm -hmm. unprecedented. No one had ever done that. I hosted it, you know, and, and you know, sometimes I'm like, Keenan, don't ever pay me no attention. I wish I could do this and wish I could do that. You know what I mean? But it re wasn't really true because when it came down to it, he always called my name, you know. But, you know, us comedians are greedy. You know, we want it all. You know, we want it, We want all the laughs. You know, it's just an instinctive thing. But he was sitting around telling everybody what they're going to be doing on the Super Bowl special. And he finishes everybody. And then I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, he said, <laughs> and he said, and Tommy, you're hosting it. Because you're the only one that can do live. Flawless. I was like, yes. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he trusted me. With a billion people. Because that's how many Amazing. people are in the Super Bowl. He goes, You're hosting it because you do live the best. 
Yes. I was, yes. Like, I was yes. like, sorry, Lord. You know. Well, you are a great entertainer. Now, I'm going to pivot to the Proud family because the Proud family is All back right. on yes. Disney+. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. What's, going to, what's happening? <laughs> yes! Well, we're going to interview Oscar Proud. Okay. Yeah, you're and you're... Oscar Proud. No, go ahead. Ask a question. But you ain't got but a few because I'm paper and I, uh, I sleep a lot. <laughs> All right. So, so Oscar Proud, are yeah. you like Tommy as a dad or are you really different kinds of dads? Like, do you put, well, does he put his character in there? Well, the thing about Tommy is he ain't loud as me. You know, he's only loud when he's loud. I'm loud all the time. Pity! Sugar Mama! Where you at? Well, oh there, my goodness! Hurt a lot. And I get hurt a lot. Ow! 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 He got hurt a lot when he's young. He's a now. This is unprecedented. We've never had an animated character on the show before, so well, I thank you. My wife. Well, I thank you for bringing him on the show. I think that's for, this is awesome. Thank you so much. It's better no. to be here too. Let's bring let's bring Tommy back. Thank you so much. So this is amazing. I thank you for, again for that. Um, your book is out. So let's talk a little bit more about the book. Okay. So what motivated you to write it now? Uh, my sister. She called and me. How? She's the one that triggered it. My sister okay. said, "Why don't you ever talk about mom?" Like in interviews and stuff like that. And I, I realized that I was ashamed of her. You know, it was something that came from when I was little. Because every time I would come to school, you know, everybody would look at me like I'm weird. You know, because I went to majority black school, you know, and I lived in a majority black neighborhood. So when my mom came, but in the neighborhood, it was different because everybody loved my mom. Everybody loved my mom at school in different situations. I don't like, like people to know that she's white because black people start acting different towards me. Hmm. Like, oh, he think he's special, or they get kind of scared or whatever, you know, around me. They, 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 for some reason, you know, and I, I probably know the reasons, you know, that's another show, you know, but a lot of uh, fear and pain and anxiety came out of, came out of the, out of, out of um, Africans worldwide because of what we went through with whites, you know. And that, you know, that, that level of fear is so immense that it manifests itself in so many different ways, you know, that nobody could really understand it because it's such a broad and a long period of abuse, you know? Mm-hmm. So the reaction is, is um, it, it, it just makes me feel alienated from black people. And then you know how it feels with white people when you show up and you're the only black person. You know, you know, you feel it. And that's a feeling that whites in this country don't feel. Because it's not the same energy. If a white person came around all black people, they never want to leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we brought fun and, and beautiful love. But, mm-hmm. it, but but in our lives, it seems to be the opposite the other way. Mm. And, and, and I know that to be true. And every black person will, will check We'll put a check mark on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they're trying to act cool, you can feel it. So let me follow up that 
mm-hmm. a little bit before I go into the book. So how do you remedy this with your own children, being that they are also biracial? How do you um, educate them on race and what to expect in the world? I give them what my mom gave me. Mm-hmm. You can embrace any religion that you want to. You know, mm-hmm. you're beautiful as you are. But so is everybody else. You know, everybody, every, every, every race on, on earth has done their dirt. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that the white race now is responsible for the 20th century. But there's a whole lot of centuries that preceded that. You know, right. they weren't the only civilization that was on top. You know, right. we're all guilty of our abuses to others. It's a human problem, not a race problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and well, historically, I, historically, I found that out. You see? Right. Historically, is the proof, not a mm-hmm. historic truth. Right, right. And I know you ex- you explained how you're being tr- you were treated differently from black people, and still are sometimes when they find out you have a white mom. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of mixed race children get that same thing. Like if they look black, once they f- uh, find out their friends find out they have a white mom, they treat them differently. If they look white, once they find out they have a black mom or dad, I should say, um, they are treated differently. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you build that resolve? to help them to get through this. Continue, you just continue to live a life of, 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 of love, you know? Okay. You just continue to live a life of, of, of humaneness. You know, do unto others as you would have them do yourself. No? That, <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That, that's the perfect one. If I treat mm-hmm. you the way that I would like to be treated, then ain't no problems. You know what I mean? So if everybody on this blue planet we live on with, with that principle, I believe things would be a lot different. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to call call you the wise Tommy Davidson oh. from now on. <laughs> You're oh. so wise. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the book now. What's your favorite part of the book? Everyone has a favorite part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to think about that because there's a lot of favorites, okay. but I think probably the, my favorite part of the book would be um, would be the end, the end <laughs> okay. the, because the end is a beginning. Yes. The end is a beginning. So, the, you know, the book writes itself as a sequel. You know, it, when it all boiled down to it, you know, I, with all the things and all the successes that I've had and, 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 and being in the Hollywood thing and all the drop downs that I've had in life, for my own derelictions, you know what I mean? And, 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 and being abused by others and the whole thing, you know, it all boiled down to my greatest accomplishment. And my greatest accomplishment is being Barbara Davidson's youngest son. I turned out the way that she wanted me to at the end of it all. Well, we are, past our time now actually so I, we have to end this wonderful conversation with the wise Tommy Davidson oh, please. Um, <laughs> but I want to thank you for coming on back talk today um, one of the, the uh, uh, what it appears one of the uh, watchers said I so needed this interview so um, oh, word, obviously <laughs> obviously hit home for a lot of people um, Let's talk. Make sure you guys go get his new book, uh, Living in Color. What's funny about me? That's very important. Go out there and buy that. 
And I want to thank you all for participating. And for those who are listening to this, um, thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the live stream and podcast talk show for parents. If you missed part of the show, no worries. You can just wait a few minutes and you can click the replay of this live stream. Share it with anyone who needs to hear it. And let's let's just get the word out about it. Yeah. Um, good, we'll, it oh, I'm sorry. Go, please go. And to, and to Christian Lauren, she mm-hmm. said definitely. A human problem, not a race problem. She absolutely did. Definitely. She agrees with you. Yeah. I told you they needed this. (laughs) They needed this. We all do. You know, the world's turned upside down. So yeah, your wisdom today was very helpful for a lot of people. Maybe it got turned right side up. Yes. Yes. Right side up because it was tilting one Mm -hmm. way. It was tilting one way and then it started tilting another way. You know, so it started tilting more towards balance. Absolutely. Somebody, Absolutely. Somebody stopped the whole earth, sent everybody home, told them to look at the TV, and they mm-hmm. saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Finally, they saw what happened with the cop. Everybody saw it. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the world saw it. So it now I'm not so surprised about splitting the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw somebody stop the whole earth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you again for that. I would love to talk to you more about BLM, Black Lives Matter, too. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have other opportunities. (laughs) Yes, yes. So thank you. Well, we we broadcast every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, For everyone who uh, wants to know more about different upcoming shows, please go to our Facebook page at Black Parenting One. Uh, we're also on Twitter as Black Parenting One. We were the first Black Parenting magazine nationally in print. So please, that's what the one is for. Um, go sign up for our notifications so you don't miss when we go live again. Um, we are also on Instagram under uh, Successful Black Parenting. That's the only one that's different. Mm-hmm. The website is SuccessfulBlackParenting.com and is full of great content to help you to thrive and not just survive as a parent. Last thing, mm-hmm. be sure to rate our podcast. And until next time, I wish you all the best and much success until next time. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon. <laughs>